Praise the Lord. Praise God. Hallelujah. Prayer meeting Tuesday night. Tuesday night. You know, I guess you've kind of just caught me at a time where prayer means more to me right now than anything else. Prayer means more to me, and that's what God's laid on my heart is to pray and pray and pray. And the things that's happening in prayer cannot be said in preaching, Amen. cannot be handled uh, just speaking words. It has to be handled by the supernatural power of the living God. Amen. Hallelujah. And it takes men to do that. Hallelujah. You know, he said in John 15 and 13, said, No greater love hath no man than, than a man lay down his life for his friends. Lay down his life. I mean, lay down your life. I, when God calls you to prayer, I mean, it takes a laying down your life. You know, it's a lot of times I, I can be going, I could be out witnessing to people. I could be, but it's more important to pray than any other thing. Praise God. That loads up the ammunition. Boy, that's, that's when the ammunition gets loaded up in prayer. And then when you send the man out, he goes out in the power of the living God. Praise God. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise God. Well, we're going to talk about intercession tonight. We're going to talk about the different kinds of intercession. You know, a lot of times we that teach along the lines of praying in tongues and even moaning and groaning according to Romans 8, 26 and travail according to Isaiah and according to Galatians, the travailing, the moaning from the Spirit, even that we teach that sometimes we overlook an important part of intercession. And that is interceding in your understanding. It's some of the things you can do in your own understanding that needs to be handled. Because it's a lot of things that you can take authority over. It's a lot of things you can handle in your own understanding. Although you can't handle some of this supernatural stuff. Uh, that, that supernatural mysteries and things that take place when you pray in the Spirit. But we want to look at uh, intercession tonight and see exactly how we can learn something out of intercession and enter more into it. Enter more into it. I want to be used in intercession. I want to be, I want to be an intercessor. You know, I know a lot of great men of God. You know where they started out praying? They started out praying. They're prayer warriors. Praise God. Praise the name of the Lord. All right, we're going to talk about, first of all, praying in your understanding, what you can do, what you can take authority over, what you have a right to do as a Christian. You know, one of the things that, that you can do is, for young Christians, and for those that's young in the Lord, you can get them forgiven. You can get them forgiven. You can get them forgiven. The Lord Jesus said in the 20th chapter of Big John, the 23rd verse, he said, whosoever sins you remit, I remit also. See, a lot of times, we, we, need, we need to watch the little ones, and when they make mistakes, and these that's young in the Lord, and don't know some things, we can get them forgiven, praise God. And we need to tell them that they're forgiven. Say, I went before God, and God has forgiven you. Don't just pray and get them forgiven. Tell them too. Amen? Hallelujah. Turn with me to 2 Corinthians, the second chapter. 
2 Corinthians, the second chapter. I know the first time I ever read that verse, I said, mm -hmm, that's where Catholic people get a lot of that. For the priests forgiving their sins. But it's not. That's just one of the things that... See, God has placed us down here on this earth not only as kings, but he's placed us down here as priests also. And he's saying, whosoever sins you remit, I remit also. If you'll forgive them, I'll forgive them. See, the body of Christ needs to rise up and forgive some of these folks. Hallelujah, some of these young ones. And say, Lord, forgive him. I don't care what he's wrong. I don't care what he said. I don't care what he's talked about. I don't care. Blessed be God, forgive him. Because if you don't get forgiveness, Satan will eat his lunch. He can't do anything. Satan will eat him alive. And we, we, we have bound up the body of Christ. We've bound up young ones. We've bound up people that's ignorant. Just ignorant. Do you know that? Just spiritually ignorant of the word of God. You know, I'm right and you're wrong. I'm, I, you know, and I want my way. Well, that's not the way we, we can't operate like that any longer. It, we can't do it. It's just no way to do that and get the blessings of Almighty God. We don't want to act like that anyway, do we? All right, 2 Corinthians, the, the second chapter, the 10th verse. He said, To whom ye forgive anything, I forgive also. For if I forgave anything, to whom I forgave it, for your sakes, forgave it in the person of Christ. Ben Johnson translates that. If I forgive him, and I forgive, and if I forgive him for your sake, it's equivalent to Christ forgiving him. In other words, when you forgive him, you're doing it, you're acting instead of Christ. You can do that. You can actually do that. See, Jesus Christ has already forgiven the whole world. How many of you know the whole world at the present time is forgiven? God hasn't got one sin against this world out there. He does not have one sin held against the world. He's not holding anything against the world. He said he came not to condemn the world, but to save the world. The whole world at this present time is born again, saved people, if they only knew it. They don't know it. They don't know that they can have what we've got. They don't know that they can accept Jesus Christ as their personal sake, and that's all it is to it. They think they have to be forgiven. You know, I was in a, in, in a, uh, a car lot one day, and a policeman come in, and I talked to him. I said, have you ever met Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? He said, I don't know. I said, have you ever been born again? He said, well, I go to church. I, 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 I said, have you been born again? He said, I don't know. I said, well, get over here on your knees. And, and we knelt on the carpet there in, in this car shop. And this, this fella, good Christian fella, loves the Lord. But he said, now you'll have to start confessing your sins. You'll have to start confessing your sins that God would forgive you your sins. And I just broke in. I said, just pray after me. No, you don't have to confess all your sins. That's for Christians. That's for Christians. The world don't know. You, well, there's no way that you could confess all your sins. No way you could bring all them up before Almighty God. No, no kind of personal way. Praise God. See, we don't need to tell the world that, that, that God will forgive them if they'll come and repent. No, blessed be God. God's already forgiven you your sins. He's already blessed you. Blessed be God. He's already healed you. Praise God. And all you have to do is receive this. Amen. Praise God. 
The church world, they've just never seen redemption. That's why we've never told it. <laughs> hey, we ain't never told it. We bring people to the altar and squall them out. You know, and they'll leave, they'll leave, they'll leave feeling better, but they leave unsaved. They leave unsaved. They have to be told that they have to accept Jesus Christ and the work he's done. And when they do that, a new life comes into them. A new creation comes in. That's the new birth. Hallelujah. The new man. The new man comes in. Hallelujah. Oh, we need to know. We need to be able to tell people, look, you missed it. Don't worry about it. I want to God for you, and he's forgiven you about that. So walk on with it. Walk on with it. Praise God. All right, turn with me to 1 John, the fifth, cha fifth chapter. 1 John, the fifth chapter, the 16th verse. He said, If any man see his brother sin a sin which is not unto death, he shall ask, and he shall give him life, for them that sin not a sin unto death. He said, there is a sin unto death. I do not say that he shall pray for it. But you know, it's hard thing. I have never known a man that sinned a sin unto death. I've never known the man that sinned a sin unto death. I've never known him. It you need to read about that man in the sixth chapter of Hebrews. And it'll explain that to you. But I'm telling you tonight, he said, now if you see a brother sin a sin which is not under death, not under spiritual death, I'm talking about a sin uh, of, of omission, not, not a sin that he just willfully does. You know, it's a difference in a man sinning and making mistakes than a man willfully sinning, rebelling against Almighty God. Yeah. When a man rebels against Almighty God, 1 John 1, 9 won't cover his case. 1 John 1, 9 won't cover just, Lord, forgive me of my sins. No, it takes a repentant heart, a heart that, 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 that even is Christ-like and, and one that will melt before God and honestly is sorry and repents over this thing. Yeah. It's a different thing. When a man sinned against God knows he's done that. I don't care what his age is in the Lord. He has to repent. Repentance needs to be taught in the church. Do you know that? Repentance needs to be taught in the church. Hallelujah. We've used 1 John, 1 John 1, 1.9 like the mafia used it back in, in the 50s when they went before, went before a Congress. They used the Fifth Amendment continually. Every time something come up, they just invoke the Fifth Amendment. Well, we've invoked 1 John 1. Oh, Lord, forgive me. And this said, go right on. No, when you sin, willfully sin, and something continues on in your life, and you have to keep going back to the Lord over and over and over about the same thing, you need to repent about that thing and change your mind. Say, Lord, I'm sorry I done that. I mean this from my heart. I want to change this thing. Hallelujah. I tell you something else. It's something about them tears that go along with repentance too. Praise the Lord. Barclay translates that sixteenth verse. He said, "He will, he will be the means wherein by the sinner receives life. He'll be the means whereby the sinner receives life." Philip said, "said He should pray to God for him and secure fresh life for the sinner." 
You pray to God, and he, he'll give that old boy a fresh life about the thing. He don't know. You know, a lot of young ones and a lot of older ones that's not set under a lot of words, they don't know a lot of things, and they labor under condemnation, and if they've missed it, you know, and just labor under that thing, they can't walk with the Lord under condemnation. No man can. You can't labor thinking you're a failure. You can't do anything from the Lord and think you've missed the mark. You can't do it. And they need to be told, son, I done went to the Lord for you and he's done forgiving you. I got God's word on it. You mean God told you? Yeah, right there in 1 John. Told me right there. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. All right, turn back to 2 Corinthians, the fourth chapter. We're talking about intercession. We're talking about interceding in our English, using what we know in intercession. Intercession is not for us. It is for others. Intercession is going to the Father on behalf of somebody else. I know a lot of people think, well, they're interceding a lot of times for themselves and they're praying in the Spirit. Now, you can pray in the Spirit. That's not intercession for you. You can just pray in the Spirit and that's edifying you. But that's not intercession. That's a different thing. That's just charging you up. That's charging you up. It's, it's, it's different kinds of praying in tongues. Praise God. All right, 2 Corinthians, the fourth chapter. Look in the third verse there. He said, but if our gospel be hid, it's hid to them that are lost. If our gospel be hid, it's hid to them that are lost. Why? In whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the, glorious, the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who's the image of God, should shine unto them. All right, why is that old boy lost? Why can't he see? Because Satan has got his mind blinded. Why cannot that man see the truth about his healing? Why cannot that man see the truth about the Holy Spirit? Why, he can't, why can't he see? Because Satan is blinding his mind unless this glorious gospel shines in. Jesus said, I give you power over the God of this world. I give you power over him. You can tread on him. I give you power to cast him out. You've got authority to take the power away from Satan and break his power over people that's blinded and, turn, and, and just relinquish his power over them. That's, that's operating in your understanding. See, sometimes, sometimes we'll just, you know, say, well, I'm going to pray in the Spirit about this. You need to take authority over some of these things. You've got authority in Jesus' name that needs to be exercised. Amen. If a person can't see the truth, he said he'd have all men to be saved and what? Come to the knowledge of the truth. See, a lot of people haven't come to the knowledge of the truth. A lot of us haven't. Amen. We're working on it though, aren't we? And we'll learn it don't make any difference who it's from. Amen? Praise God. Praise God. Phillips translates that verse. He said, if our gospel is veiled, the veil must be in the minds of those who are spiritually dying. Menes translation said, the God of this world has blinded their mental processes. See, he's not going to blind your spirit. He can't handle your spirit. He can't get into your spirit. He can't do nothing with your spirit. But it, it will just make your spirit non-effective when he's got your mind. You know that? I don't know anybody that's just living out of their, their spirit, do you? You know anybody just living out of their spirit? I don't know any. God give us a mind to contact this world with. 
Hallelujah. This spirit's supposed to guide that mind. The spirit's supposed to guide the mind, not the mind guiding the spirit. Be ruled by the spirit. We're to be ruled by, I mean, ruled by the mind, but ruled by the spirit and, and be led by the spirit. All right, if people don't see some things, if you've got family members, you've got to write in Jesus' name, especially those in your family. Those in your family, you've got authority over anything in your family, and you've got a right to break the power of Satan over the situation. Hallelujah. I know sometimes people get into this thing think, oh, and nullify every bit of the faith that they've operated in by, with their mouth and say, oh, I prayed that you ought to And all they talk about is the situation. You ought to see how my husband's acting. Oh, I've got the power of him and I, you know, and Satan ain't got any authority. Oh, but you ought to see what he brought home the other day. He brought Perry Bar book home. Oh, you ought to see what he's done the other day. He's sitting up drinking Miller Light. Oh, and watching commercials. Yeah. Well, see, you've nullified all the, nullified everything to it. When you know the authority in Jesus' name, you'll rise up and take that authority, and you won't back off of it. You'll say, I took authority, and Satan, I said, turn him loose, and you have to, and that settled it. That's all of it. You have to do it. He does not have a choice. We've been elevated to the highest position in the universe with Christ. Hallelujah. Our position is a little higher than Satan's. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Jesus told him in Luke 10, 19, said, I'll give you power over all the power of the enemy. Over all the power of the enemy. You know, I heard a old boy one time in another town. He's a great big old boy. Forget his name. Uh, what's that boy's name? Oops, 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 Shauner. Oop, uh, oops, Shauner. Funny, funny name, head, you know, look, you know, big around. Man, he's a, look like the Goodyear blimp, you know. And he, he was talking about his authority. And that's when they, they had taken captive those over there uh, in Iran, our boys captive. And he said, you know, them folks is worshiping God, but them folks ain't worshiping our God. He just an old country boy. He didn't know nothing. He said, you know what? Them folks ain't worshiping our God, and we've got authority over their God. Hallelujah. And he said, now we're going to take authority over their God, and they're going to turn our boys loose, and he's going to turn them loose, and there'll be none of them hurt. He said, now let's watch and see. Son, it wasn't but a few days till hear the boys come home. Amen. Praise God. You say, well, how come someone else didn't do it? I don't know. Say, how come you didn't do it? I don't know. How come you didn't do it? <laughs> Amen. Amen. We've been waiting on the big wigs to do it. <laughs> Praise God. Praise God. You know, every believer is a minister. Every believer, he may not get up here in the pulpit like I'm doing, but I'm talking about he's a minister. He's got authority. He said, these signs shall follow them that believe. The believer has a ministry, and he's got authority in Jesus' name over all the power of the enemy, and there's nothing that by any means shall hurt him. Praise God. Or his. He can take authority there and break that power. We need to use that, especially in prayer, especially in interceding. See, let me tell you something. When 
You know, we don't have to intercede for ourselves. We can pray the prayer of faith for ourselves. Whatsoever things you desire, when you pray, believe you receive them and you have them. Now that's the prayer of faith. You get your needs met. You can get yours met. But what about that old boy over there that's hard-headed? That's when it takes intercession. What about that old boy that's blinded by Satan, got, got other things on his mind? That's when it takes intercession. What about that, that girl that, that, that just does not want to serve the Lord right now? What about that boy that's running from the Lord? I'm going to tell you what, you can take the authority in Jesus' name and he'll run smack into Jesus of Nazareth. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, my oldest boy, he's been in and out with the Lord for the last three or four years. He'll be in and out, you know, like a jumping jack. You know, he's in and out, you know. He's in and out. He told me one day, he said, well, I'm going to uh, New Orleans. I said, well, help yourself. You know, this is just have a big time. You know, he thought they was waiting on him down there at Bourbon Street. He thought that was just what, you know, that's what, you know, they waiting on me. They want to see me down there, you know. Oh, man, he couldn't wait to go. Had an old piece of truck, didn't even have no brakes on it. You let him drive off. I said, just help yourself. He run into two or three getting down there, run over a telephone truck, you know, and they got that patched up and worked up, and he got on down there, and you know what? Sitting out on the Ponce Train beach smoking marijuana, Oh, yes, this big time. Some kids got together around out there and got the plunking on the guitar and singing. And I'm going to tell you what, he prayed in tongues all the way back from New Orleans, praise God. Because he met Jesus. I'm telling you, if you'll turn it over to God and let him handle the thing, and you take the authority that you know to do, I'm telling you right now, Jesus Christ to work on your behalf. He won't work. you got your hand in trying to work the thing and, and mess it up. And you learn and nullifying everything by something coming out your mouth. It won't work, people. Faith believing God will do what he said he'll do. Faith says God will do what he said he'll do. You know, wouldn't it be a shame they got to the Red Sea and said, well, 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 build a diving board. We're going to have to swim. That's all there is to it. We're going to have to swim. We'll drown. Stress forth thy rod. Take your authority. Take your authority. You got authority over that other God, the God of this world. You've got authority over him. Use what belongs to us. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. All right. When you're praying in the understanding, he says in 1 Corinthians 14, 15, said, I'll pray with the Spirit and I'll pray with the understanding also. When you're praying in your English or your understanding, Always, always have the scripture to cover what you're praying for. Always. No, don't go and say, well, I'm praying in line with God's word. No, you have the scripture. The reason I'm telling you this, because a lot of times you don't know the scripture. You'll think you know it, but if you, you know, you say, well, I'm praying in line with God's word. No, have the scripture. Chapter and verse on it. The Lord said in Isaiah 43 and 26, said I, 25, said, I, even I, that blotteth out thy transgressions for my own sake, he said, put me in remembrance of my word. Bring my word. said, let us plead this thing together. Man, let's go to God with it and plead it together. Here it is, Lord. There's the case. There's a case right here of Abraham, Lord. Now, I've got precedence right here. Here's this case. 
where you give him a child. You know, I've been believing for a son, and I need me a son. Now, Lord, there's one of Old Testament saints. You give him a son named Isaac. Now, I believe in you now. In Jesus' name, I'm claiming that son because I got precedence right there in the book. Amen. There it is. I got it. I got it. He said, put me in remembrance. Plead our case together. Well, now, Lord, you know, I, I don't see too good. Now, let's see about them blind men. Huh? Huh? We got precedence in this thing. There was people come. There was a woman bent over with a spirit of arthritis, been bowed over, long them 18 years. And you know what happened? Oh, the Christ came on the scene. Oh, glory to God. Oh, the God of this world had her bound up. The God of this world. But I'm telling you tonight, arthritis, I'm talking about the worst kind. Rheumatoid arthritis cannot stay on a child of the living God when he finds out that the Christ dwells in his mortal body and it'll make it alive. Hallelujah. We've got precedence. Lord, you remember that arthritis case over there? Yeah. We're going to plead this thing together. It looks like you've done one your healing. Hallelujah. See? Praise the Lord. Praise God. Always, always have the scriptures. Don't just think you're praying scripturally. Know for sure you're praying scripturally. Now, this is so important. You know, it's like I was telling you, I was at a meeting the other day, and a fellow... Uh, you know, I was praying about a boy that was blind. And he said, Lord, if it be thy will. Oh, Lord, heal him if it be thy will. Well, see, he's done throwed up the wrong prayer. See, he's done throwed up the wrong prayer. You know, what, what if they was there playing football and, and, and all of a sudden, boy, you know, he runs off a pass and he hits him right back of the head with a baseball. Saying, well, something's wrong here. So, yeah, that's what's wrong, wrong with the body of Christ. They've been putting the wrong rules in this thing. you got to put the right rules at the right prayer. you got to pray the right one and go according to its direction. Yeah, right. Hallelujah. You can't, pray, you can't pray that prayer, if it be thy will, like Jesus prayed in the garden when you're believing for healing. That's not the way God said pray for that. I'm telling you. You know, when he prayed that, if it be thy will in the garden, Jesus already knew his will. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. All right, when you're interceding in English, be sure that you are scriptural. All right, the second thing is interceding in tongues. Interceding in tongues. Now, I'm not talking about... You riding down the highway and saying two or three bubble shunders. I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about that at all. I'm not talking about you just praying in tongues when you walk walking around washing dishes and you saying, oh, bubble shunder, shandilly. You know, I'm not talking about any of that. I'm talking about interceding, interceding in the spirit. Interceding in the Spirit. You know, Acts 2, 4 said they was all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak in other tongues and the Spirit gave them others. Acts 10, 44. He said, While Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard the word, and they of the circumcision which believed were astonished. As many as came with Peter because on the Gentiles was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. 
Well, how do you know? For they heard them speak in other tongues and magnify God. Acts 19, 1, he said, And it came to pass while Apollos was at Corinth, and Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus, and finding certain disciples, he said unto them, Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe? They said, Well, we hadn't as much heard. Well, there be any Holy Ghost. He said, Well, what was you baptized unto? You know, they thought, well, what, what are you baptized unto? Did you baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost? He said, no, we got baptized unto John. So he baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. He laid hands on them. He said, and Paul laid hands upon them, and the Holy Ghost came on them, and they began to speak in other tongues. Hallelujah. So this other tongues, the only way you can intercede in other tongues, you must be filled with the Holy Ghost. Every case that we find in the Bible, they spoke in other tongues when they received the Holy Ghost. This is a method that God gives us a devotional language whereby we can intercede and go before God in a supernatural language. Amen? Hallelujah. See, we need to realize this, that the church world as a whole has failed in their prayer life. You know that? We've been failure in a prayer life. You just get around anybody and listen to them pray, and you can tell right quick they're failure in the prayer life. See? And one of the reasons is we've not put an emphasis on praying in the Holy Ghost. See, it's kind of like putting an old boy out there in a track race with one leg. You know, he's going to run the 440 on one leg. You know, he's a one-legged runner. No, he won't get very far, will he? Well, the time, he's done come in over there. Man, the time, 43 seconds. Here he is, iron half. But he's coming, you know, he's hobbling along, one-legged. Well, that's where the church world, it's kind of like a train trying to run, run on, on one track. It takes two tracks. It takes the, the knowing what to do in the Spirit and, and praying in the Spirit. And it also takes... The other leg too, and taking your authority and using that name of Jesus when you're supposed to. Hallelujah. How many of you ever seen a train run on, on one track? It won't go far, will it? It go a ways. Oh, he done pretty good, you know, but bam, and then and finally it wrecked. Well, that's what the church world's done. Oh, they go along, oh, bless God, and some of them get the Holy Ghost, and the first thing you know, bam, and it'd be in a wreck over there, and the whole thing be in a mess. Shepherdship would come in, discipleship, everything, and be shipwrecked, the whole thing. Praise God. Praise God. All right, praying in the Spirit. According to 1 Corinthians 14, 2, he said... For he that speaks in an unknown tongue speaks not unto men, but unto God. For no man understands him. No man understands him. No man understands him. Howbeit in the spirit he speaks mysteries. So he's not talking about something you'd, you'd be speaking in tongues in a congregation. You know, I, I was in, in Smackover one time, and what's that lady named Ms. Olive? I... I, I she was asking me about the Holy Spirit. Said, we've been talking about the Holy Spirit over at our church. And said, said, do you know anybody who's got the Holy Ghost and talks in tongues? I said, you looking at him. Uh, she said, is that right? She said, you can talk in tongues? I said, sure can. She said, one of the ladies in the church said she could, but said she wouldn't talk in tongues. I said, would you want to hear me? I said, she said, I sure would. And I just began to talk in tongues. For she said, 
well, I understand what you're saying. I said, I teach out of school. I said, what was I, what was I speaking? She said, you were speaking some Latin and you were speaking some Spanish. I said, well, praise God. She said, did you learn that in school? I said, lady, can't you tell the way I talk? I didn't hardly learn English, you know, much less, you know. She said, that's, that's, that's supernatural you're doing it. I said, sit down here right by me and I'll lay hands on you and God will fill you with the Holy Ghost right now. She threw her hands up like that and started to sit down and she didn't do nothing but talking to her. I didn't do nothing. Praise God. She's a supernatural sign. But we're talking about something else here now. We're talking about this man that's speaking in unknown tongue. He's not speaking unto men for no man understands him. How being in the spirit, he's speaking divine secrets, mysteries to Almighty God. How would you like to know for sure that when you prayed about this old boy, you put the divine wisdom on him? Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah to God. Praise God. See, this, we need to be believing for some of this stuff and putting it into action. Praise God. Praise God. Cotton patch. Rotterdam said, in the spirit he is speaking sacred secrets. Cotton patch said he's talking, he's talking about hidden things. Talking about hidden things. You get to praying in the spirit. You know, he said, let him that prays in an unknown tongue pray that he can interpret. He's not talking about hearing. He's talking about praying in your prayer language. In your prayer language. See? You go to holding up that old, old boy that's in rebellion. You know what? God will give you the divine wisdom. He'll just start speaking it out and you'll just come right out. I know one time I was praying for one of my boys. He'd gone hunting that day. And I had told him, you know, when they first started bird hunting, I said, just hunt you and one more person. Don't hunt with three. I don't, don't do that at all. And I was praying... I was praying in the spirit, and all of a sudden he said, Paul, I was praying in, in, in tongues for him, and, and his granddaddy that he was hunting with, and he said, they're hunting with three people. And it just shocked me. I told Tommy, I said, that boy's hunting with three people. I told him better than that. She said, how do you know? I said, because I know. The Spirit of God told me in there. Hallelujah. He come in, and I said, son, I told you don't be hunting with three people. He said, Daddy, you know I wouldn't. I said, I was praying. The Holy Ghost said, he said, I'm so sorry. You know, said, I, I, didn't, I didn't know. You know, they brought that other boy in. I just didn't know. You know, said, I, see, the Holy Ghost reads your mail. You can get something. Boy, that just broke his heart. I'm sorry, Daddy. I, see, God didn't want that boy to get shot. See, he had some of this stuff off. Amen? Praise the Lord. I know one day I, I, was, I was praying in the Spirit and I, I, it was on, on a Monday morning. Was that church up there when they have church on Wednesday or, or, or was it on Thursday? What? Yeah. I was praying on Mon Monday morning and as I was praying, praying in the Spirit, I was praying for this church. I was praying for this church and I was holding it up. See, I, I brought this church up. Lord, I hold this church up. They need a pastor at this church. And oh, and I, I, and I, and I, I told him what kind of people I wanted for a pastor that I thought would be good. And I, as I lifted it up, I prayed in his tongue. And he said, you're going to preach up there this Thursday. Well, I told my wife, I said, I'm going to preach up there this Thursday. Well, Tuesday got here. And, you know, you know, you give a preacher a little time if you want, you want to hear anything, you know. But I didn't care. I done started preparing. I knew God done told me I'm going to preach up there. Wednesday got here. You know what? They didn't call. I, she said, well, that you missed God. I said, no, I missed God. He told me that. Thursday got here. Nobody called. 
Don't look like, look like you heard the wrong thing. No, I didn't hear. I was praying. Thursday evening got here. Nobody called. About 4 o'clock Thursday evening, he called. And he said, Could, is it any way possible that you could come? I said, I've been prepared since Monday, son. I'll be there. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. 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 I told him that night, I said, y'all need to listen to God a little better than y'all done up here. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. But see, this comes praying in the Spirit. God will show you these things. And he, he'll show you things to come. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise God. All right, Ephesians six eighteen. He said, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. And watching there unto with all perseverance for all saints. Well, how are you going to pray for all saints? You don't know them. You're going to have to pray in the Spirit. You're going to have to pray in the Spirit. Turn with me to Acts, the 12th chapter. Acts, the 12th chapter. The 12th chapter. Here's a chapter about Peter and the supernatural miracles that were taking place. And, uh, well, it's starting the first verse. It's now about the time that Herod the king stretched forth his hands to vex certain in the church. He killed James, the brother of John, with a sword, and because he saw it please the Jews, he proceeded further to take Peter also. Then were the days of the unleavened bread, and when he had uh, apprehended him, he put him in prison and delivered him into four quadrant of soldiers, 16 soldiers, to keep him, intending after Easter to bring him forth to the people. But, there were, therefore, but uh, Peter therefore was kept in the prison, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. Now let me tell you something. You ain't going to very seldom pray in English unceasingly. They was praying in the Spirit. You know how I know? They was not praying the prayer of faith at all. They wasn't believing nothing. They wasn't believing nothing. They got to praying for Peter over there, and you know what? God sent an angel and broke him out of jail, and he come back over there where they was having that prayer meet, knocked on the door, a little girl come out there named Rhoda, and she looked out there, and she scared, scared her. She didn't even open the door. She just run back there where they was praying and said, Peter's at the door. He said, it's a ghost. And when they look, look in the 17th verse down there. Look in the 17th verse. Or 16th verse said, But Peter continued knocking, and when they opened the door, they saw him. They were astonished. They were astonished. Why was they astonished? If they was believing God was going to get him out of jail. Huh? They was praying in the Spirit. I'm telling you, when you go to praying in the Spirit, you can open the doors of the jailhouse to them folks that's held captive. You know, the dollars to them. Them that's held captive by drugs. Them that's held captive by sex. Them that's been held captive just by the world system. I'm telling you tonight, as you pray in the Spirit, oh, Holy Father, and lift up that son, that daughter, that friend, and lift them up to Almighty God and begin to pray in the Spirit. I'm telling you, hidden mysteries, divine secrets are unleashed, and when it happens, it'll be a light in the bone them folks, and the Spirit of the living God will be working on your behalf. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. See, we need to take advantage of every kind of intercession. Every kind. 
Praise God. Intercessions will set the captives free. Amen. It'll break them out of jail. I don't care where they've been locked up at. Amen. That's part of your enforcing Satan's defeat right there. Praise God. All right, the third thing about intercession is this. Turn with me to Romans 8, 26. Romans 8, 26. I know without a shadow of a doubt that this is the most important kind of intercession that we're studying about right here in the 26th verse. This is the most important kind. Now you can use what we said in English in your understanding. You can pray in the Spirit just by saying, Lord, I hold up Jimmy Joe here. And just begin to pray in the Spirit for him. Now you can do that. But this over here, we're talking about Romans 8, 26. Let's read that. He said, Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we are, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. With groanings that cannot be uttered. New Life says the Holy Spirit prays to God for us with sounds that cannot be put in words. Amen. We're not talking about praying in, in unknown tongues or words. We're talking about groaning and travailing in tongues. Tongues are mixed in with it. No one that does, very few people I know of that's, that, that's uh, not received the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues are used along them lines. I'm telling you, this kind we're talking about is, a, is down deep in your innermost being. And a lot of times you'll take on the very symptoms, take on the very symptoms of the person you're praying for. Take on them very symptoms. Oh, you, you know, if it's a lost person, I know when we first got into this, I, I have a little friend named Gary Nesbitt. And Gary come to me one time, he said, I think I'm lost. He'd been through a Bible school, but, you know, he didn't get on to some of this. And he said, I think I'm lost. I said, I feel like I'm lost. I said, man, you've been saved, filled with the Holy Ghost for years. He said, but I feel like I'm lost. I said, I'm hurting all on the inside. I said, I want to get saved. I said, we know there's something wrong here. And I'd, I'd heard a little bit about this. And I said, you need to be praying. Oh, and we, we began to pray. Son, I never heard such a moaning and groaning and a begging and forgive me, Lord, for my sins. Oh, my God, I'm sorry that I strayed from you. Oh, his heart broke, I'm telling you. And he took on the physical attributes of a person that was lost and repentant before Almighty God. Oh, hallelujah. I don't know who he prayed in, but he burst someone into the kingdom right then. Hallelujah. Something happened right then. Praise God. Praise the name of the Lord. Let me read you this out of Leon's little prayer book. You that don't have a, one of those little orange books back there uh, by Leon Stumps on prayer, you need to get one there, a dollar. They're the best one that I've ever read anywhere. They're in short form. Listen to this. He said, and when we make intercession in the Spirit for someone, unutterable gushes, as one person calls it, flows from the, from the depths of our depths of our being, escaping our lips and cries and moans. It's not moaning in defeat or self-pity, but yearning with the Spirit's own pleading. It's yearning with the Spirit, the Holy Spirit's pleading. See, when you're praying like this, the Holy Spirit himself's praying through you. Amen. 
All he's doing is using you. I mean, it's coming through you in a supernatural way. He said, Charles Finney was, was an exponent of this kind of prayer. And he was one of the most outstanding revivalists of all time. He and a man named Father Nash would go into a city several days before a crusade, check into a motel, lock themselves in a room, and groan in the spirit and travail for the lost. Whole communities were shaken by the power of God. Once Finney, Finney accepted a dinner invitation from a farmer who, had, who was a good Christian man, this farmer had a brother who was not a Christian, a medical doctor, much more sophisticated and educated than this simple farmer. This doctor, this doctor's brother ate with them at the farmer's house that day, and when the farmer asked Finney to bless the food, Finney started to pray, but then said he felt like the farmer should pray. Oh, ain't that listening to the Spirit? Praise God, hallelujah. Start just to bless the food. And he got a check in his spirit. You're supposed to bless that food. Boy, that done something to me. Hallelujah. Man, I've seen him many times. The Lord said, go tell that old boy something. You know, and I, I, Lord, uh, send him by my path. He is ready right then. He is ready right then. He said, when the farmer started to pray, all at once he grabbed his stomach and been, began to cry and groan and quickly headed for his bedroom. Finney recognized that the farmer had a spirit of intercession, so he followed him to his room and began to groan and cry just like the farmer was doing. You know how come he couldn't, he couldn't put this stuff on? You can't put... When you see someone groaning and, 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 and crying, get up next to him. Get up next to him. Tuesday night when we was here, when we was here interceding, Lisa was right there, and she was moaning in the spirit, and I mean, she travail was on her, and I was sitting over here bubbling, shining, you know, you know, that's about all. Well, you know, I was praying, I was praying in tongues, but I know to get over there. I'm telling you, I eased over and this eased over there, and the spirit of intercession come on me, and the first thing you know, an hour was gone, and we done prayed an hour. Where'd he go? Where'd he go? I'm talking about groaning, and we got something handled deep down in the spirit realm. Praise God. He said he kept it up. This farmer kept up groaning, kept it up for a while until he felt a sense of release. Said leaving the room, Finney met the doctor in the hall and he had his medical bag, a medical release, thinking there was something wrong with his brother physically. Finney told him there wasn't anything wrong with him physically at all, that he had just had a spirit of intercession. He said, most likely, the spirit of intercession was for you, his brother that was lost, that was a doctor. He just told him, said, he's praying for you. He's praying for you, you lost. He said, the doctor's brother scoffed at it. Ha! I read the whole account. Leon just shortened this up. But I read the whole account in, in another book. The man locked the door, wouldn't even, wouldn't even let him in or anything. And I'll tell you what, it wasn't long. It said the doctor's brother scoffed at him, but within a few minutes' time, he dropped to his knees and got saved. He done been prayed in, friend. He done got prayed in over there. Hallelujah. When you pray someone in in the spirit like that, it will always come to pass in the physical. It will always do it. Hallelujah. Praise God. 
Romans 8, 26. Let me read you a translation or two. New life said, The Holy Spirit prays to God for us with sounds that cannot be put in words. Plain English says, The Spirit prays on our behalf with inward cries beyond ordinary speech. Beyond this. Beyond just praying in tongues. Beyond just some supernatural language. It's beyond that. Good speech said, With expressing inexpressible yearnings, New American Standard said, with groanings too deep for words. This is, a, this is a spirit himself praying through us. Now this kind of praying cannot be worked up. It cannot be worked up. This is called a spirit of intercession. Now all believers can be used along this line. All of them can. Every one of them. Now they don't mean that everyone will be but you can at times. Some people are called into a ministry just to do this. A lot of you women here in the church have been called into a ministry just to do this, just to intercede. Now, all of you can do that. One thing that I've, that I've seen that, that will help bring about this spirit of intercession is the compassion of God for a situation. The compassion about a situation. And I've noticed this that people that will yield to praise and worship and will lift their hands to Almighty God and are not inhibited in praise and worship, they're more used along these lines. I've noticed that. I've noticed that. Praise God. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise God. Turn with me to Isaiah 66. Isaiah 66. Sixty-six and eight. He said, Who hath heard such a thing? Who has seen such a thing? Shall the earth be made to bring forth in one day? Or shall a nation be born at once? See, some, some people think that he's talking about here Israel be born. He's not talking about the rebirth of Israel. He said, how do you know? For the next verse said, for as soon as Zion prevails. Zion's the church. He's talking about birthing in a new creation nation. Do you see what he's saying here? A new creation nation. He's going to burst this thing in, but they're going to have, Zion's going to have to travail. He said, as soon as Zion travails, she brought forth her children until Zion travails. You know, God is not interested in conversions or people turning over new leaves. He's not interested in that. Are you right in your wrong ways? He's interested in new births. He's interested in people being born again. And it takes that travail in the spirit. i tell you one thing that will cause this thing to come about is a person going before God and saying, God, this is what, I want to be that man for you. Amen. I want to be used along these lines. Praise God. You know, Paul said in Galatians 4.19, he said, I travail again till Christ be formed in you. Talking to the Galatian church, they had got into legalism and had got away from some of the doctrines which he preached. But he said he travailed. That word travail means to labor, involving a painful effort. Labor involving a painful effort. A lot of times this thing's painful. It'll be pains. Actual pains come upon you. I know one day I was interceding. I was praying one morning. 
And oh, I got to hurting. Oh, I got to hurting. Like I was fixing to have appendicitis. And, and, and the Lord told me who I was praying for. And, I, and oh, I groaned in the spirit. No, I was hurting all in here. I was, oh, it was something. And this lady I was praying for was about to be delivered. And I called her and I said, Honey, I, I went into intercession for you. And what's wrong? Tell me what's wrong. I'll help you with it. Nothing's wrong. Big faith people. Nothing's wrong. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. I said, sugar, I went into intercession. God would not have me to intercede if it wasn't something wrong. What is it? What is it? I can help you with it. Everything's fine. Couldn't be better. Her water done broke. Baby dead three days before she went to the hospital. See, God was trying to show us some things there. God's trying to show us something. See, we need to be able to listen to God. And when these things come about, he'll show you these things to come. Hallelujah. That's one of the things about intercession. Hallelujah. See, we could have got that handled. We could have got that handled. It'd pop your finger. Wasn't nothing wrong at all. Just ignorance. You say, well, God's able to do this. Yeah, God tried to do something. God tried to do something. This man was in the ministry. This was on a Saturday. His baby was born dead and he had to stand in his congregation and preach faith to him on a Sunday. He couldn't talk. What was he going to say? What are you going to say? See, it's more to it than just faith. It's more to it than just some of these things. It takes some of this prayer and listening to the Spirit of the living God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Turn with me back to Big John, the 16th chapter. Let's read a verse here and we'll close. Sixteenth chapter of Big John, the twenty-first verse. Said a woman when she is in travail hath sorrow because her hour is come. But as soon as she is delivered of child, she remember no more the anguish for joy that a man child is born into the world. Hallelujah. If you can get a hold of that right there. I'm telling you, a lot of times it may, oh, I don't want to be praying. Oh, I don't want to just spend my life praying. Oh, but in anguish and everything, it seems like all your insides will come out. Sometimes it just, just, just take on the very symptoms uh, of someone that's lost or someone that's got cancer or someone that's got some of these diseases. You know, one time we was at a house and this woman, the doctors told her, said, well, you don't have over a couple of months leukemia had done something. And my wife, spirit of intercession, come on, my wife, she just started groaning and, and, and praying in spirit. We didn't even know. She just picked her up in her arms like that. She didn't weigh 80-something pounds. Just dried up, little arms looked like olive oil in the funny paper, Popeye cartoon. Picked her up like that and started praying in the spirit and she was instantly healed of leukemia. I'm telling you what we're talking about is dealing with the supernatural. Amen. Dealing with the supernatural here. Praise God. Praise God. When a woman, when she's in travail, has sorrow because her eyes come, but as soon as she delivers of the child, she remembers no more of the anguish but for the joy that a man child is born into the world. Hallelujah. Look what a privilege God's given us. You can pray, you can pray them in. You can pray them in. You know, you know why, Rick, 
Men ain't used along this line of intercession as much as women. We ain't built like no woman. You know that? We don't, we don't deliver babies too good. You know that? You know that, Byron? We ain't, we ain't too good on delivery. Women's built for this kind of stuff. And they're used more along those lines. Amen? Amen? Praise God. I want to be used along them lines more than I have. Hallelujah. Praise God. If you ever pray it in in the Spirit, if you ever pray it in the Spirit, it always comes to pass in the physical. Birth it in, and it'll always come to pass. Birth it in, it'll always come to pass. Birth it in, it'll always come to pass. You birth it in, pray it in. Oh, I tell you what, this, this we're talking about groaning in the Spirit and travailing. Oh, hallelujah. I've tried to work it up. It don't work working it up. It works when the Spirit of God moves on you and the compassion of God that you want to be used along them lines. Yield yourself to God in every phase. Just, you know, I've seen people that, you know, just get caught up worshiping God. I tell you, people like that can be used along this line of intercession. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah.